0: Facade, Chicago, Composite with Shirley Berman, 1957 Edmund Teske, Gelatin Silver Print Do you ever wonder at the memories held by a room, a home, any building at all for that matter, so long as people have chosen to congregate there time and time again? Annabelle Godfrey did. She was once quoted in an article on the estate's architecture that, in her estimation— The walls within which we pass so much of our time witness our lives, our comings and goings, our joys and sorrows. They hold so many of our experiences that I feel they cannot help but remember such things in their own way. It is this sentiment, perhaps, that drew Annabelle to Teske's work, and to this picture in particular. Here, Teske takes his black-and-white photograph of a run-down, multi-story industrial building on the outskirts of Chicago and superimposes a female face onto its side. The woman's eyes are downcast, and her chin rests on her hand. Her expression could be either one of contemplation or of weariness, a possible representation of the labor and toil that occurred within the walls of the structure. Teske chose well in his pairing of portrait and architecture. It lends the composite image a dreamlike quality, and therefore the ineffable logic of a dream— As if, were you to step inside the building in the photo, you would step into its, and the woman's, thoughts and memories. It's not so strange an idea. After all, it's common for specific memories and specific places to inextricably intertwine. Do you think that we carry those recollections with us? Superimposing them upon the building or room or courtyard whenever we pass them by? Or is it the place itself? that carries the memory? Does the forging of the memory within the place's boundaries make it more alive somehow, into an entity that, when it sees you again, remembers and reminds you of your shared history? The apartment building in which a friend once lived, but that will forever exist in your mind as their apartment, their building. When you pass it on the street, does the building and the apartment within it also remember your many crossings over their thresholds, though it has been many years since you last set foot within them? The coffee shop on the corner that you like to frequent, that for so long was just one part in your morning ritual until one day, as you stood in line waiting to order, you received a call with news that, maybe for better, maybe for worse, changed your life. You still visit that shop, and whenever you do and you inevitably think of that phone call, is it you or the place itself that plucks the memory out of the flow of time to bring it into your shared present? These are but two examples out of the hundreds or thousands of places that, perhaps, may carry memory in tandem with you. All because the moment that became the memory unfolded within their walls. Witnessing, as Annabelle Godfrey said, your comings and goings, your joys and sorrows, all the things large and small that make up a person's or a building's life. Attention, Godfrey guests. Attention! Our staff have been notified that there is a lost child somewhere on the premises. They are approximately 13 years old and are currently perusing the North Gallery with their parents. No, this child is not physically lost. They are instead lost on the inside, just a little bit. Just like so many children their age can be, caught in that liminal space between childhood and adulthood, caught in a body in mid-transformation, recognizable and unfamiliar all at once caught between their own burgeoning sense of self and all that their parents wish that they would become. All that those around them expect of them, want from them, while they are only just beginning to understand what it is they want. These disparate desires do not align, and that troubles them. It troubles them, and they have yet to find the words to express their discomfort. If you are that child, and if you are listening, those words will come. And for the rest of you, if you happen to see a young person who might fit this description during your tour of the galleries today, consider granting them a knowing nod or some other brief sign of encouragement as you pass them by. For perhaps, once upon a time, you were a lost child too. Visitations, 2012, Artist Unknown, Video Recordings on Numerous Closed-Circuit Televisions Though this work mysteriously appeared in early 2012, hence the age officially attributed to the piece, the actual age of the recordings is more difficult to pin down, largely because the recordings in question, which repeat on a loop on their individual television monitors, are unique to each and every patron who engages with the installation. If you step towards screen one, you will soon understand why. Screen one. This recording is of a room that is likely familiar to you. If there is uncertainty in your recollection, it is only because of your very young age at the time. But perhaps you recognize your old nursery from childhood photos, a memory of a memory. Or maybe there is some distant, deep place within your mind that, of its own accord, retained the details of the room. On the screen, the infant version of you sleeps in a white crib, which is against the wall across from the window. The floor-length curtains of this window are drawn almost closed and the soft yellow glow of a street light filters in through the gap in the fabric. This light cuts the outlines of other things out of the darkness. A rocking chair, a small dresser, white to match the crib, a mobile of planets and stars, unmoving as they hang suspended above your sleeping form, and the shifting, blurred edges of a figure in the corner, a dark, indescribable shape. You cannot tell where its face is truly even if it has a face but you know somehow that its attention is fixed on you your infant self as you sleep in your crib the infant you stirs so does the figure though the curtains are open a sliver the window is not and yet the curtains rustle and the mobile starts to spin as the figure hovers closer to the edge of the crib its attention never wavering. The infant you wakes, sees that indescribable figure, and starts wailing. The wailing wakes your parents, sends them in to check on you, but they do not notice the shape lurking nearby. That is something only you can see, and your wailing persists until your parents take you from the nursery, leaving the figure behind to drift back into the corner. You recall that your parents mentioned to you once or twice when you were older, That you used to suffer from night terrors as a baby. Screen 2 This recording is of the same room as before, now changed from a nursery into the bedroom of your adolescence. Gone is the mobile, and in its place on the ceiling and all over the walls are posters of your teenage self's favorite musicians and movies. Where the rocking chair once lived, now stands a simple desk and a chair, a chair in which teenage you sits, working under the light of a desk lamp on homework due the next morning. The same soft glow of the street light drifts through the open curtains. You remember this night. You remember looking out the window and wondering, when did it get so dark out? You remember that you are home alone, your parents having left to go to dinner with friends some unknown hours ago. You wonder to yourself, when will they be back? The house is so quiet without them home. A floorboard creaks behind you and the hair on the back of your neck stands up. You turn, see nothing, though the uneasy feeling lingers. You turn all the lights on and blast music from one of the bands on your wall as loud as you can stand it. Anything to banish that lingering feeling. It never fully succeeds. The feeling remains. As does the indescribable shape in the corner as it watches you, unseen. It watches and occasionally shifts, and with it shifting, the floorboard creaks, a sound you pretend not to hear under the driving beat of the music. Screen 3. Your college dorm room. You sit at another desk under the light of another lamp, in the darkness of another night. And unseen in another corner, the indescribable shape watches you. You keep thinking you hear footsteps, motion from the other side of the room. You call out your roommate's name, but you know they prefer to study at the 24-hour library and may not be home until the morning. Screen 4. Your second apartment out of college, and the first building you've lived in that allows pets, so you adopted a dog. A dog that is barking at the otherwise unseen figure in the corner of your dark bedroom. An indescribable shape, whose attention is fixed on you as you are roused from sleep by your dog's cries. Screen 5 The apartment you moved into, sight unseen, for an exciting new job in an exciting new city. Your dog refuses to enter the bedroom no matter how much you coax them. Your dog just growls in the direction of the far corner at the figure that waits there, watching you. Screen 6. Your next apartment in that same exciting city. A nicer one that you could now afford. Screen 7. Your current bedroom. Screen eight, your current bedroom. Screen nine, your current. Screen ten. Screen eleven. Screen twelve. Screen
1: thirteen. Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knudsen, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. It was produced on unceded Tongva, Chumash, and Keech territory. Enjoying your trip to the estate? Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And consider telling a friend about us, or two, or three, or everyone you know. To keep up with The Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Godfrey Guide, or visit our website thegodfreeaudioguide.com. For Godfrey merchandise, visit our online store, thegodfreeaudioguide.threadless.com. And finally, if you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Guide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts available as public posts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum. You find yourself alone in an abandoned manor. The furniture moves of its own accord. Whispers resonate from empty rooms. The dead are unquiet all around you. You need my help. This is A Voice From Darkness. A Voice From Darkness is a horror and dark fantasy audio drama Join parapsychologist and radio broadcaster Dr. Malcolm Ryder as he helps those who suffer the supernatural,
0: available through all major podcast applications.